What is up, everyone? It's Friday doing? again. Beautiful Friday. Beautiful it's a beautiful Friday. fucking Friday. But we're back with another episode of High Side of the Ropes. And wow, a lot has happened in recent... Just this re- like the last two weeks that there, there's some good stuff to talk about, my man. But first, let's get it out the way. We gotta say, give a R.I.P. to a yes. lost wrestler. Yes, we do. We have to give a huge R.I.P. to Melissa Coates. You guys may remember her as Sabu's manager, Super Genie. She recently passed away at the age of 50. Quick moment of silence and some thoughts and prayers out to Sabu and Melissa's family. And we're back. But yeah, man, that 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 sucks. I I didn't even read like what the like what the cause of death was. Oh. All I saw was that she passed away, and I was like, oh damn, man. I honestly didn't want to read how she passed away. Like, I, I I just can't. Some of the wrestlers, I don't know what, I don't know. I sometimes think a lot of the their passings, how be uh, kind of like fabricated. Mm-hmm. Not any mean any disrespect to any of the family members or anybody fan any hardcore fans out there. I just like I like to keep the memory of how I knew them yeah. alive. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, some other stuff has uh recently surfaced. So two oh my god, uh, I don't even know where to start. Um so I guess let's start with the what the hell we saw on WWE TV recently. Um, yeah, Nikki Cross. Holy shit. Talk about fucking... Talk about the blue butterfly, man. Like, holy shit. And apparently it was all her idea. Like she's got she's got the superhero gimmick going on now, and I don't know what to make heads or tails of with this. I personally think the superhero gimmick is long, long, long past its time. I think right now the superhero gimmick will only work if you can treat it like an actual superhero thing. Everybody knows to be a legitimate superhero, gotta be. Gotta have a villain. Yep. Which will tie me in. I'll tie this in a little bit later. Because one of the things I've been thinking about is I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that hates this. How many of you guys have ever had like an amazing storyline between wrestlers that's not too out the way, but you know would definitely, definitely work and be amazing to watch? So that's why it's like the superhero gimmick. It's long past due, but so is a lot of the dumb shit that's kind of going on in wrestling. Yeah. You know, like, the, the the sexy rich people versus, you know, the up-and-comers who just, they win a title and now they control everything. But they don't really control everything, but they know they control everything. Everybody wants to be Triple H and D-Generation X. Everybody. Everybody. Also a, uh... A new faction formed on NXT recently. What faction? The Diamond Mine. The Diamond Mine is led by Roderick Strong, which I thought was fucking amazing, first off. 
also consisting of Tyler Rust, Hideki Suzuki, and manager Malcolm Bivens. It's an MMA-themed faction. And honestly, I'm with it. I'm 100% with this faction. I mean, now that Undisputed Era is long and gone, they're doing their own things. It's nice to see Roddy at the helm of everything because Roddy was always one of my favorite wrestlers even when he was back in Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. when he was known as Mr. Ring of Honor. But good job on Roddy, Tyler, and Hideki. Hopefully, I, I, I'm excited to see where this, where this faction leads because all three of them are amazing talents. Mm-hmm. And then the god-awful decision, decision of changing... Piper Nevin's name to Dewdrop. Spelled D-O-U-D-R-O-P. Now, if you look it up on I, I, I posted this on uh on Instagram already. If you follow my page, I posted it on Instagram, and the only two things when you Google Dewdrop, I Googled it D-E-W Drop. Because I had no idea how they were gonna spell the name at the time. The only two things that pop up on Google when you search what a dew drop is is a literal drop of dew on a leaf or a pink pixie in biker gear from the movie, from Disney's movie Onward. <laughs> As Jeff is sitting here dying oh, of laughter. Somebody wanted to come into the out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think Piper Nevin fit. I think it was perfect. And I don't know why she's the bodyguard of someone like Eva Marie. Now, I know everyone loves Eva Marie based off beauty alone, but we are a wrestling podcast. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to incorporate some actual wrestling Nice. In there. Like actual wrestling Not just someone that says Hey here beat this person up for me I'll take the win uh, And why Eva Marie I never even found Again that's that's the only thing I think when that decision happened People started looking to Japan more Because I definitely have been seeing A lot more pictures On, on uh, Facebook and all that Of female wrestlers and, yo, they're pretty fucking impressive. Not just in look, but they keep their gimmick going all throughout their styles and moves. It's pretty amazing. You know, like if she's dressed up as a maid and she's like the subservient person, she's taking a finisher along with the person she's holding. I was like, wow, that's dedication. You know, and uh, I think that's just amazing. Uh, but I think that's great for Japan, but that decision might have just had everybody look to the to the left a little bit like yeah what's going on over there <laughs> god i just wish they would have left piper nevin alone and then she was getting fat shamed on fucking on social media and shit i'm like really really she's a fucking amazing athlete she makes more money than what you can hope to make that too Piper Nevin's an amazing athlete, one that no one should overlook, because if you saw her work in WCPW when she was Miss Viper, it it was fucking amazing. She was a great addition to the women's roster. I'm a little bit more than pissed off that they kept kept her off, like, 
until they found something to do for this long. She was in the Mae Young Classic. Mm -hmm. She was signed a long time ago. And just now she's getting the shine and she gets her name changed? Like, uh... uh. I think that's... (sighs) Headaches. You give me headaches. Bad decisions give headaches. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, fucking John Cena is rumored to come back for, I think, Survivor Series... It's either Survivor Series or one of the next SummerSlam. It's one of them. Oh, shit. John Cena's coming back again. Again. This is just as shocking as when Goldberg came back again. Now, we need Johnny Muscles to come by. Fucking Johnny Muscles. That's the gimmick we need. I think John Cena needs to pick what he wants to do. He's actually had a pretty amazing acting career. I think he should stick with it. Yep. Right? Because, honestly, I think his acting career is going actual places. Like, people are really looking for him. It's not like a Batista situation where he was about to be... He wanted to pursue acting, and he had to pretty much go and do it on his own. WWE was trying to push him out there. And it actually worked out. But, he needs... I think he should pick one. Because... Two, two very two careers that you could get injured in. Yeah, you're doing a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, and also mostly because like directors like to fuck with him. He needs to pick a career. <laughs> Literally, just but, uh, pick one. No, what are the things that you did? Uh, there was this. There was a movie. It was like twelve rounds, right? Yep. Did you, did you hear how the director fucked with him there? No, I didn't. All right, so John Cena is definitely afraid of heights. Okay. So there's a part in the movie where he has to climb, where he has to rappel down the side of a building from the from the roof. And the director chose the camera that you can't get a stunt double. Well. So he had to do it all by himself. He was like, he said, it was like I was about two seconds away from just quitting the entire movie. Even though he's filmed up everything, and here we are, just need this one scene. You just need to go, just need to rappel down and then let go. Yep. That's it. Nope. They were like, yo, not, you gotta rappel down the side, then you catch your stunt double, or you could do it yourself, or you land onto a mat. Nope. He chose to do it on his own. <laughs> and shit his pants on every way down. Yup, I'm surprised they didn't see a splatter of... They probably edited a out. A trail of shit just coming <laughs> down the building. It's like... It's like, I don't know, man. It looks like mudslide. He's falling and his stream is going down. <laughs> turning brown, going through him. <laughs> oh, man. That would... I would have gotten punched by him on that day if I would have ever worked on that shit. Because... Oh man, I would have been rolling on the floor laughing. I think that was a day he hoped nobody saw him. Literally. Waddle into the bathroom like, excuse me guys, I'll be excuse right back. Me, like, I gotta go I gotta go get a change of clothes. I need to change clothes. Oh god. With that, we will be right back, folks.
And we're back, folks. Did you miss us? Uh, it's okay if you didn't. But being in all uh, hell-in-the-cell spirit and, you know, all that good stuff, hell-in-the-cell is right around the corner. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to actually talk about some classic hell-in-the-cell matches outside of the obvious ones, including The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. But actually, this one does include The Undertaker, but not as... But I'll actually, yeah, a good majority of the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Well, they threw Undertaker one in the no- fucking hell in the cell. Oh yeah, they did. Times. It was like hell. It was like Undertaker staple matches: Buried Alive, Inferno, Hell in the Cell, mm-hmm. Cage Match occasionally. But eh. so, one of the Hell in the Cell matches that I one of one of my personal favorites, just because of the sheer amount of chaos, and you saw Rikishi get thrown off the top of the cell and into the back of a truck filled with hay was the Armageddon Hell in the Cell. Fun fact. Did you guys know that Rikishi was originally afraid to do that spot? It took Vince McMahon to get on top of the cell and do it himself, I think, two or three times to convince Rikishi that it was safe to do. Imagine if Rikishi... I mean, I can't blame Rikishi, man. I'd shit my pants, too. I'm afraid of heights. I mean, I would do it, but I'm just a crazy fucker. Yeah. <laughs> I would have definitely done it with no problems. You don't got to ask me twice. And you want to know it was crazy? The ending to that match was perfect. Kurt Angle and The Rock duking it out. Hits The Rock bottom. People's elbow. Kurt Angle, who's laid the fuck out right there, simply just rolls over. Mm-hmm. Puts his hand across. Uh, who uh, I forgot who it was. It was either The Rock. I think it was either The Rock or Triple H. Just lays his hand over him. One, two, three. End of the match. Another person I always think is amazing when it comes to Hell in the Cells, mm. and I never want. I would never want to. Even if, I don't care how much we stage it or whatever, how safe anybody tells me, I would never walk in the ring. If it's a Hell in a Cell match with is Triple H. Yeah, Triple H is a fucking monster to be left in the alone. Yeah, <laughs> the Hell in a Cell. Another good one actually was from No Way Out 2000. Triple H versus Cactus Jack. Mm-hmm. The fucking lit, the fucking barbed wire two by four lit on fire. Yeah. As they brawl on top of the fucking cell. That was a great fucking match. And then there was the uh, the Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in a Cell that we all fucking know and are still are sitting there cringe as fuck to watch. Because mm-hmm. not only did Mick Foley get sent sailing off the fucking cell, which was his idea, by the way. Mick, in the beginning of the match, it started off with... It didn't even start in the fucking ring. It started off with Mick Foley coming down to the ring with a chair... Hawking it on top of the cell, then climbing to the cell as Undertaker was already in the ring. Funny thing is, is that until uh, he got chokeslammed into the ring, yeah, the match didn't technically start. No, the match never technically fucking started. That's so why the, that's why there was no, there was nothing anybody could do. Like the no pin. That's why when uh, they were on top, there was like you couldn't do a pinfall or anything, because well. The match hadn't started yet. 
So the whole story on top of the cell was, if you, wa- if you go back and watch it, because I did, and I also listened to the interview of Mick Foley and how he said it was his idea. Mm-hmm. Mick Foley's idea, because apparently no one was really into the match in the beginning, right? Nobody was looking forward to the match because nobody really saw what the big deal was. Right? They didn't see how putting a, a rooftop on a cell is any different than a cage match. Mm-hmm. So, hence why... Mick Foley said, all right, we're going to turn it up. And he went on to the top. Yep. Undertaker followed. Undertaker's biggest thing was that, because he's a fucking huge guy. He didn't want to hurt Mick. He didn't want to hurt him. He didn't want to hurt Mick. He didn't want to hurt himself. Yep. And he didn't want to land on a referee. Yeah. His biggest fear was actually land one of the corners of the Mm -hmm. cell giving way. Like, if you notice throughout the match, like, everything they did, they tried to stay focused on the very center of the cell. Yep. Solely because nobody wanted to fall through there and land on the fucking, uh, the corner post. So, they talked about it in length, but it was Mick Foley's idea to be tossed off. Yep. And Mid-match. even Undertaker said... Mid-match. If you go back and watch it, because I, I looked for it, because apparently Undertaker does this thing mm-hmm. where he kind of turns his head toward Mick at a cer- at like in a certain focus. I went back and I watched it. I even tried pausing it just to see if I can find it myself, and I did. It's a quick glance, but you definitely can do it. Go back and watch the match. Mick pulls Taker in and says, throw me toward the table. Mm-hmm. And Taker kind of looks at him like he's fucking nuts. And then I saw the part where Mick said where he thrusted himself yeah. from the cage to land through the table. Because Undertaker was worried he didn't have enough leverage yep. that, like I said, this is not the center anymore. That he was going to take a step, go down with Mick onto straight floor or corner post. So Mick Foley literally, once his foot touched the edge, had to kick. Yep. To give himself that extra that leverage. extra leverage. And then if you saw Undertaker just standing there looking down at him, like, with a blank look on his face, like, you thought he was in character? No, he literally thought he killed Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. Like, he was so worried. He was like, he was like, oh my God, I'm worried that I killed this guy. Like, what the hell? Yep. Yep. Oh, and it didn't end there. Mm-hmm. Then when Terry Funk came down to the ring, that was that was just that was gold. Because now everyone's sitting there wondering what the fuck happened to mankind. Yeah. Uh, then another f- famous one that I've recently read about, but I didn't get to watch. But I recently read about, and I'm going to be YouTubing this. But it was it's kind of a dream match for me. So it was Batista versus Triple H in the Hell in a Cell, Vengeance 2005. That was a good one. That was I, I remember watching that one too. That was a really good one. An under an underestimated mm-hmm. one. Like Batista in the ring. One that actually me, doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, Batista to me in the ring was amazing. Triple H has always been one of my favorites. That was like at the peak of their feud too. Yeah. That was when uh, that was one going towards uh the ending of uh Batista's career. Mm-hmm. You know, before he quit. So, funny thing I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the superhero gimmick coming back, good God, right, was that 
you ever have a moment where you see a certain wrestler and you think of this awesome story that they could be involved in with other wrestlers. So I came up with one this earlier this week. Oh shit, I'm an asshole. Fucking hell in a cell already happened. <laughs> I'm a dick. Holy fuck. Hell in a cell already happened. Holy shit. Great. Okay. You see how you see when see things what happens when you smoke too much, you get the you get the brain of a goldfish. Yep. So we were brain I brainstormed a little bit. So apparently they want to do this thing. There's rumors going around about Jeff Hardy taking over the fiend character. Oh dear fuck. Now Brent Wyatt's a big guy. Yeah, Bray's huge. How the fuck are you gonna fit that in? Like what? He went on some extreme <laughs> diet and Jeff Hardy's just going to take over? So after my like five second feud within myself about this decision that they're possibly doing, I thought, why not make The Fiend a character of his own but takes over other wrestlers? So like, let's say Brett Wyatt, Jeff Hardy get into a clash. Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy beats him. But Jeff Hardy kind of stares at the mask and then puts on the mask. Lights go out. Jeff Hardy disappears. Next time you see him, Jeff Hardy has the Fiend mask. And technically, it is a different variation of Fiend. This is Jeff Hardy Fiend. All right. I get what you're saying. So have the the Fiend Be some, as like a like separate a pres- entity, like yeah. its own entity. Its own entity that takes over a wrestler and they get a little bit more you know, crazy and hardcore with it, or they go a little nuts, right? And then it was like, imagine that every person that beats whoever has the fiend possessing them, mm-hmm. right? If the call of the fiend, they all do the same thing, where they'll take the mask, disappear, and then next you know, they're a darker version of themselves. It's a way, like, you could explore everybody showing a little bit more of a dark side that they wrestled. It's a long time story, but you know, it's better than the short ones they, they It's have. a long it, it is a long time story. It's not a bad one. I, mm-hmm. I, I I can I can see it play I'm I'm picturing it playing out in my head and if done the right way after the fiend has left the being per se. Mm-hmm. Uh they could definitely make with some good fucking awesome like after gimmick. Because, I mean, kind they of did thing one similar between Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. You know, when Matt Hardy wanted to kill the Willow? Yeah, yeah. Willow was a fucking, oh my God, from the mind of Jeff Hardy, I really wish he would have kept that gimmick. So it's like, I don't, under, I don't understand how it could ever be looked at as too big of a stretch or, oh, that's just way out there. Bro, you had a whole person here who called himself a fucking Willow. I mean... Matt's been dipped in the lake of reincarnation about three or four yeah. times. He was V1. Then he went crazy. Then he got his own religion. <laughs> then he was broken. Then he was broken. I then thought it, when he made his own religion, he was broken. That's fucking amazing. So it's like, come on. And then he created the chair of wheels. And the mower Chair of fucking wheels. The mower of lawns. The mower of lawns got its own t-shirt and I want it. The mower of lawns. What the fuck, man? Oh god. I don't see how my idea is any more horrible than that shit. Like <laughs> the mower of lawns. 
chair of wheels, mower of lawns, chair of wheels. I started fucking dying. That was great. I mean, Woken Matt Hardy wasn't bad. It was just, you know, fucking minimal age to get in, mm-hmm. Matt Hardy. Like, it, it, it wasn't exactly broken, but it, it, it was all right for WWE TV. You know who I miss? Yeah. Who I really miss? I miss the Abyss. Joseph Park. I miss that dude. That character, the Abyss, just... I hated that anybody was going to try to emulate Kane mm-hmm. when he had the mask. And the first time I saw him, I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I was so pissed. I was like, this nigga's emulating Kane. You fucking douchebag. Come up with your own idea. And then I saw him wrestle and just how much of a fucking tank he was. And yeah. and then going dark with it. I was like... Great. Okay, he earned it. <laughs> and, with well, that, and with that said, folks, that about wraps it up for us. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy your Friday. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mr. Abyss Joseph Parks if he's listening or if he'll ever find this damn podcast at this point. Yeah, you never know. Shout out to Eddie Edwards. Shout out to Kenny Omega. Shout out to the Young Bucks. Shout out to the Hybrid 2. I love that tag team. Jack Evans I've been following for years, ever since he fucking showed up in Wrestling Society X when that was a thing on MTV. Mm-hmm. That could be an episode one day. Who knows? But we'll catch you guys later. Enjoy your Friday. We out. Later. <laughs>